Welcome to the LetterTech Lab. LiDAR launches with LetterTech. Hello and welcome to LetterTech Lab. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern, and today we're welcoming to the podcast John Dynan. He's a field application engineer at LetterTech, and we're going to be discussing how LiDAR can be used to solve the challenges currently facing providers of electronic toll collection systems. So John, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for welcoming me, Tyler. Absolutely. Well, I'm happy to have you here on the podcast, and I'm excited to uh, to get a chance to dive into this topic uh, because it's something that we see every day on our on our roads, on our streets, and a lot of people might see it on their commutes. But today we're going to talk about some of the challenges facing electronic toll collection systems, and we're going to talk about some of the solutions that LiDAR provides and some of the options that exist within that realm. So, John, uh, let's start off here. Give us a sense of the current state of the industry and where things have been moving in recent years. Well, the electronic toll collection system... Its goal, we could say, is to stop, because when it was, we could say, non-electronic is because you have to stop at the toll area and you have to pay someone. And just the act of, you know, stopping on the highway, this, this can create traffic jams. It can create, it's a, say, also can be a safety hazard if someone would run up directly into the, the toll plazas. But what the electronic toll collection system brings is the possibility to have a free flow system where the vehicles don't have to stop. And most recently, in the past decade or two, we're starting to have the free flow multi-lane uh, electronic toll collection system. So this is now more and more people are familiar with this. You drive under uh, multiple gantries and the transactions are done uh, seamlessly. So more and more, this is a type of technology that is growing worldwide. Of course, uh, depending on uh, where you are in the world, there's still places that are still using see, the toll plazas, but getting that multi-lane free flow system allows to reduce uh, significantly traffic that can be caused and also reduce the number of accidents that can be generated by such uh, toll plazas. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the, the challenges facing providers of electronic toll collection systems? Like you mentioned, these are starting to become more widespread, like you said. And uh, anytime that happens, I think you're bound to see growing pains in an industry, right? And, and see uh, ways that things work and maybe things that, that don't work as well. So uh, what are some of those challenges that, that people are seeing in the industry these days? Good question. Within the electronic toll collection uh, system, there are many uh, subsystems. Uh, for example, there's the automated vehicle identification system. This is usually done through RFID or license plate recognition. There is also the system of all, which is transactional system. They all have their, their own challenges, but uh, where I would say I can speak about is on the vehicle detection and classification systems. And as a whole, the, the goal of, would say, all of this is to make a, a system that is as accurate as possible and that is the best to operate and to define this let's say that you have let's say just a section of a highway that you have to make sure that you get all the tolls in and to do it efficiently well you want to make sure that you don't miss you know a fraction of the traffic because let's say you have a million cars that don't pass on your highway let's say you lose only 0.1%, well, that represent a thousand vehicles. Well, this is a lot of money. So every even, you know, a fraction of a percent is extremely important. So when we talk about the system accuracy, we want to make sure that, you know, every cars, every car, every vehicle that pass 
gets classified and gets billed accordingly. Uh, so that's a very big, important part. The other important say, challenge or say, you know, what's the, the, the main goal there is to, even if you detect a vehicle, you have to address it, its proper class. Because let's say you're driving a passenger car or a semi trailer truck. Well, the pricing can be very different and you don't want to have a user for someone who's driving his normal, his normal car and get, you know, receives a bill that's five times or six times the pricing that he's expecting. Because then, you know, this is just becomes, it's a pain for, for the consumer. It's a pain to manage. So you want to avoid this as much as possible. So there's this really uh, on the accuracy side and the challenge is of course, to get it closer to hundred percent because it's not hundred percent at the moment in the electronic uh, toll collection systems. And the other one is on the operation side. What you want is of course, a system that is very robust, that you don't have to change uh, so often, that maintenance is uh, low and that is low breakage. So one of the big challenges that you don't want to close lane because this creates traffic. It's uh, always each time you have to have workers that would be on the highway. It's a factor of risk. So you really want to minimize the operations, uh, the, the required operations. And uh, this kind of binds too with the security because when we talk about operations, let's say you have 1%, only 1% of your traffic that is misidentified and you get all the complaints. Well, you're generating, you know, a lot of unwanted uh, stress on your, on your traffic. And on the other hand, on, on the other side, uh, well, on your own consumer management, you're just getting really a big headache of dealing with all those uh, say thousands of replies. You have to correct all the wrong billings. So it's really, we'd say, an efficiency goal in terms of accuracy and operations. Yeah, you can see how the, the customer service department wouldn't like receiving a, a bunch of calls about bills that are, that are incorrect. You can, and, uh, you can certainly see that, their oh, perspective yeah. in that. And very much a high frustration from people <laughs> who get them. And uh, just so you know, a fraction of a percent can mean a very big volume. So it's very important to keep it low. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some, some operational efficiency on, on that side for sure. So John, you talked a lot about vehicle classification there and why it's so important when it comes to this specific area. How are vehicles classified and why does it matter when it comes to ETC systems? Vehicle classification, again, is very important to give the right pricing for each user that's uh, traveling. And it's also very important. The reason why there's say, different pricing between different vehicles is because Passenger cars uh, will have much lower, let's say, damage, create less stress on the roads than, for example, a semi-trailer truck. And then uh, between each, let's say, classes within, let's say, you have some trailer trucks, well, then you can have weight classes. You know, the, the heavier the vehicle, usually the higher stress on the road, so uh, the higher the price uh, to pay to uh, go on the road. So... This is just the broad you know, goal of classification. Then we have to understand that depending on where you're in the world, well, let's say the body of government that's ruling the road or the area, there's just different classification systems, different regulations, of course, from country to country. But generally, uh, there are some basic elements that can be used to accurately classify the vehicles. The first one that we have is vehicle height. So 
it's easy, for example, this is just inventing, just making an example. Let's say a vehicle above uh, 2.3 meters could be classified as a tall vehicle and uh, below 2.3 meters could be uh, classified as passenger vehicle. So this could be just a very easy to class system. But the classification systems can go from, let's say, the, these two simple two different classes, you know, bigger vehicles, smaller vehicles. But usually when we talk about free flow multilane classification systems, we're talking about close to 10 classes of vehicles. So height itself is not uh, enough. Then you have the number, the axle counting the vehicle. So the more, the higher the number of axle uh, on the vehicle, uh, usually the higher the weight limit this vehicle can say travel with. So the higher stress on, on the road, so the higher the price. So the axle counting is one of the main, very, very, very important aspect about uh, vehicle classification. Then two that we would think that are used often, but are not, is vehicle length and vehicle width. Because just with the height and number of axles, most of classes are, are uh, covered. But still, for vehicle width or, or uh, length, let's say if we talk about width, usually it's monitored to have a sense of is, is a vehicle just too wide and perhaps maybe breaking the law because not following regulations. And for length, well, usually how it's, it's classified well, we're using the number of axles to make the, the choice on the, uh, to, to put the, the, the vehicle in the right category. So length might not be, we could say, as usual as, you know, as for us, it's intuitive. You know, you see a human sees cars passing down the road. You can see the length of the cars. We, we don't typically pay attention to the number of axles, but the number of axles of vehicle is very important, uh, more than length. And another point that people could think is important is the weight of the vehicle. Within the uh, electronic toll collection systems, very, very seldom we have, let's say, weight stations. Weight stations are usually to make sure that, let's say, the trucks are not, you know, the people are not breaking the law by exceeding uh, too much weight. But the weight is usually built by knowing the number of axles on the vehicle. However, the length, though the length we're talking about is not really used into classification. The length of vehicles can be used into identification, but I think we'll talk about that uh, later on. Absolutely, absolutely. So you mentioned the, the various classifications and why this is so important when it comes to electronic uh, toll collection systems. So uh, how are current technologies really falling short in this specific area of uh, you know being able to properly identify you know the number of axles or the height of a vehicle um, or, or any of the other various classifications that you mentioned? How is how are current technologies falling short in this area of, of getting closer to a hundred percent accuracy? Well. We have to, of course, uh, see the electronic toll collection system. An assembly is like it's really uh, a mix of many different technologies, and each have, we say, their their advantages and their say their pros and cons. But if we look at the core, we could say about axle counting. Right now, it's really based on induction loops, and these are ground intrusive sensors. So you have a coil of wire that is. Uh, uh, installed within the road. And the problem with that is that even though these sensors are uh, low cost, they bring very high operational costs. So you have the installation of the wires within the road, 
And uh, since uh, these wires are exposed to the traffic, well, breakage, you know, they're not that robust because after a few years, you know, within one to three years because of the traffic that passed, maybe because of the, the, the freezing of the ground during the winter, uh, they have to be replaced. And when we were talking uh, earlier on about the importance of, let's say, operational, make the system easy to operate and low cost, well, if you have to make some late closures every two years to replace your sensors in the ground, well, it's very, it's a big stress on your logistics and also on traffic, which, uh, you know, slows down, of course, when you have link closures. So the ground intrusive sensors are, would say right now, very good at doing, uh, say they're leading to the axle counting. But the problem is that all of the operational, uh, would say, uh, challenges they bring due to their low robustness. And the other thing that is challenging for the ground intrusive uh, sensors or ground loops, which counts axles, is that though they count the number of axles, they cannot tell when a vehicle starts or it ends because it, it really it will really records the number of axles and that's it. So if you have, let's say, very dense uh, traffic, let's say it's a traffic to a shower and vehicles are tightly packed and moving slowly, well, the ground loops or the the intrusive sensors, they cannot tell if it's a super long vehicle or very different, you know, a series of passenger cars. So though the length here, you know, the, the length of the vehicle is not important for its classification, the length of the vehicle is very important to, to, to count the number of vehicles that passed. So that's another challenge, say, that ground loops have to their own set of sensors. So by themselves, they, they are very useful. And for that, but they, they cannot complete a whole system by themselves. So another technology that has its challenges is uh, the one that are camera-based. So when we talk about vehicle classification based on cameras, well, these are trained by uh, deep learning and they've, they've been trained to recognize traffic basically. And what happens is it's dependent, of course, on the image that it receives. So what it means is that you have to have a good visibility for the camera to identify the vehicles and to detect them. And you'd have, uh, when we talk about good visibility, we're talking about good weather conditions and lighting. So for example, if it would be uh, foggy or, or there would be you know heavy rain, heavy snow, well, the cameras can lose sight of the road. And this can affect uh, drastically the performances of the uh, classification and detection. So, uh, for the camera systems, um, if you have, uh, you know, bad lighting, well, you can negatively affect your accuracy, uh, the accuracy of the system. And the other part that can be negative is that if to, say, palliate with that, use, a, a, you know, bright spots, uh, especially at night, let's say it's raining, or the, you have some spots, uh, uh, spotlights that are uh, open well if it's in a neighboring area where people live well we can create uh unwanted light pollution and another uh, limitation of camera systems is that typically they don't operate very fast and by that i mean the the, the number of we say images it takes per second typically it'd be around uh, 50 images per second well typically it would be 40 images per second but as soon as you start to increase let's say to 60 or 80 they become systems that are very costly 
and why it's important to have a system that has very many, we say, frames per second. It's to make sure that you identify uh, and detect well vehicles that are traveling very fast. So if you have someone who's speeding, let's say we're talking about 180 kilometers per hour, or even up to 300 kilometers per hour, well, you need to make sure that you can detect the vehicle. <laughs> and if you have a system that's operating maybe at 40 hertz, well, it's very hard to do. So that's one limitation of the camera systems. And also there's a radar. Radar itself is very seldom used for multi-lane free flow uh, towing systems because radar can be used for, let's say itself as a system to make some classification and vehicle identification, but usually it'd be used in more for data surveys or, you know, general traffic information because it's a, you know, systems are based on radar solely. They're easy to install. They're not that expensive. But the thing is that on the accuracy, you might get up to 90%, maybe 95 if there would be a new model right now that would be released. But getting the 99.9% that's required, radar is just not there. So all the challenges you always come back to the system's accuracy and also on the operational side of the system. So those are kind of the, the challenges and maybe the shortcomings of other technologies. So tell me a little bit more, John, about how LiDAR can be deployed as a viable high-performance ETC detection solution and also what options exist within the world of LiDAR. Excellent. So I'm going to begin with uh, explaining different, say, the two common options that are offered within LiDAR. First, you have the mechanical scanning LiDAR. So, of course, this is... Uh, LiDAR, which is equipped with at least one moving part, which is uh, powered by a motor. And you have some laser points that are spinning around and are uh, monitoring its surroundings. And then you have the solid state flash LiDAR, which uh, say flashes its environment into a very static, say, composure in the sense that there are no moving parts within the solid state the LiDAR. And just to start to compare both, the mechanical scanning LiDAR uh, will have um, higher angular resolution than the solid-state LiDAR. So within the context of how the LiDARs are installed, this higher angular resolution is going to be helpful for to have a better resolution on the width of the vehicle. So that is, I would say, an advantage. However, when we go into practice, as I mentioned earlier, the width of the vehicle is seldom used for classification purposes. So even though you have a better angular resolution, it's not data that's very much, uh, uh, you know, uh, that brings added value to the system, but still uh, uh, an advantage. And the other point that uh, having uh, the mechanical sc uh, scanning LiDAR has as an advantage is that it has a wider field of view. So potentially with one system, you can monitor two, three, perhaps four lanes with one system. But what happens when you're, we could say, monitoring multi-lanes with a single sensor, a LiDAR sensor, is that you have to think about the angle of incidence of light on the cars. And by that, I mean, let's say you have a sensor that's installed above the road and you're not monitoring directly what's under you, but you're looking, I would say, far to your right or far to your left, what's going, uh, what's happening. 
well then the vehicles the, the you can see the, the surface of the vehicles can become uh quite specular or, or shiny so you don't get as much as good data on the lanes that you're monitoring on outer lanes than on the one that's directly under you so monitoring uh, we usually with lidars when you want to monitor traffic you want to have at least one sensor per lane and the reason why is because the the light reflects much better when you're directly aimed let's say like like when you look at yourself in the mirror uh, you look at yourself directly in front of you. You're not trying to find yourself in the corner of the mirrors. That's basically what can happen with uh, 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 tougher uh, to detect cars. And right now, I'm kind of jumping in with the, one of the challenges of uh, the lighters, which is uh, dark vehicles. So any vehicles that have paint that are very low reflectivity. Um, you, you, it, it, they can be difficult to detect because of their low reflectivity. So the mechanical scanning LIDAR with these uh, type of vehicles, well, what happens is that if you're monitoring further out lanes, which is an advantage, well, it becomes very, say, not practical because you don't get a return that's coming back to you. So that's not really an advantage because you still need to have one sensor per lane. However, on the solid state LIDAR, since you have, let's say, a diffuse light which uh, hits the top of the vehicle, you have greater chance to, to accurate and reliable detection of the vehicle passing under. So that was just a, a beginning of comparing the mechanical scanning LiDAR and the solid state LiDAR. So if we talk about what's the advantages of the LiDAR as a whole, is that the LiDAR can very, very accurately differentiate a vehicle from another in terms of identification. So for example, if we come back to our example earlier on, when we we're talking about the ground loops, which are integrated within the ground, well, these can detect the axles very easily, but they cannot tell where the, the, the vehicle starts and where it ends. With a LiDAR, when it's installed above a gantry, you can easily you know, differentiate each vehicle. So that's one of the advantage for, you know, you're talking about tailgating vehicles going at very high speeds or vehicles that are tightly packed together into dense traffic. The advantage, another advantage of solid state LiDAR is its uh, robustness. And if we compare it to mechanical scanning LiDAR, which has mechanical spinning motor in it, well, we have to understand that the sensors are installed on gantries, which are on the highways. And Though it might not seem like it, highways are places where there are high vibrations all within the area you know, caused by the, the, the passing traffic. So if you're com uh, the combination of the, the spinning motor, which has to operate 24-7 uh, for many years, and with the vibration, well, the robustness is quite effective. And you're, you're prone to have situations where you have to change the sensor uh, every few years while with the solid state having no mechanical motors in it, you have a much more a longer uh, time before having to do any maintenance. And the other uh, advantage about LiDAR and solid state uh, LiDAR is that it's performance uh, during harsh weather. So we're talking about rain situation, uh, light fog situation also can be uh, well operating well into them. And the last aspect is that they, they help with the height detection of vehicle very accurately. And 
when paired with a system that goes and detect the speed of vehicle, you can also have the information about uh, length of the vehicle. So, John, you mentioned a lot of the benefits of, of utilizing LiDAR when it comes to uh, ETC detection solutions. And so how can you see that from an ROI perspective? If someone is, is justifying their, their purchase, what kinds of return on their investment are they should they be able to expect to see when it comes to utilizing LiDAR? Well, the return of this investment needs to, again, it needs to follow the, the accuracy increase and the operational side of, of the system. But here with, uh, I would say, the solid state uh, LiDAR, and especially with uh, LiDARTEC's uh, T16, which is a product that is used on many, many tolling systems, what you get is a higher accuracy for your detection system, especially for tailgating, very high speed vehicles, uh, we're talking about a very tight uh, traffic. We'd say, let's say it's, it's rush hour and you know all the cars are packed. Well, the system, the T16 will allow to have consistent classification, consistent detection. And just increasing, say, the system by 0.1% justifies <laughs> a lot of investment because uh, when you're talking about uh, the higher volumes of, of vehicles, 0.1% of your, your tolling See traffic can represent a very large sum of money. So the ROI here, I cannot say the ROI because of course it depends on the traffic that passes under each gantry. I can just say that it's very good in the sense that a lot of say uh, people who own and uh, manage these tolling systems are ready to, you know, getting 0.1% is very well uh, the any effort of changing a system for uh, bettering the system. So the accuracy, uh, as I mentioned, justifies the system by itself because the numbers are so vast. And then on the other side is that you, one of the other aspects that, uh, say, the solid state or the T16, uh, our product, does very well is on the operational side. So the difference is that when you install the sensor, well, you don't have to change it or, or do some maintenance, say every uh, few years, you can really install it and let it for almost a decade up there. So that's a huge, huge difference between, for example, if we're talking about ground intrusive sensors that you have to change every few years, if not uh, even maybe perhaps uh, uh, I would say more often than that. It, it's just that you need to keep your balance between accuracy and operational costs and say the health of traffic that is passing under. So mm -hmm. as soon as you respect that, you know, the ROI is very, very well justified. So one of the other things to, to discuss when it comes to uh, when it comes to LiDAR is that there are two approaches to the positioning of the setup, right? There's overhead perpendicular and overhead oblique. So tell me a little bit about each of those options and what are the key differences between those two methods? So basically, when we talk about overhead perpendicular installation, we're talking about LiDAR, which is installed, of course, overhead on a gantry, which is looking directly down under it. So let's say you can imagine to have one sensor per lane. So one sensor is just monitoring exactly what's going on there, and it can it will detect all the vehicles and passes. This can be used to detect the vehicle uh, height, width, uh, paired with the speed of the vehicle if provided, can the length of the vehicle, and so so that's basically what 
the output of the sensor will be. But I, with this, there's no axle counting when you do this type of setup. But when you do, I would say, overhead oblique is that instead of having your sensor monitoring the lane that is directly below it, well, you have a sensor that is monitoring what is going to the right lane or its left lane. So you're, you're watching in the, I would say, oblique or sideway what is going on into the lane next to it. And what you do is that you target exactly where the vehicles are driving so, so that you capture the number of axles that are on the vehicle. And this is very, say, it's, it's a very huge opportunity in the sense that to detect uh, the number of axles of vehicle using a LiDAR instead of using a ground intrusive technology means that you can really remove a big pain, which is all the operational hassle that tied within the ground loops, all the maintenance that tied to them. So when we talk about the uh, overhead oblique monitoring, we're talking about doing axle counting directly with the solid state uh, LiDAR technology. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, John, we've covered a lot of ground here when it comes to uh, the current state of the industry, some of the challenges facing, uh, you know, toll collection systems right now and the role that LiDAR plays and, and the solutions that it provides. And so uh, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, to give us a summary or to uh, to give us a conclusion statement of just uh, the benefits that you see of, of LiDAR in this area and where we can expect to see this moving in the future. The industry as a whole is moving towards the uh, multi-lane free flow uh, tolling, electronic tolling. And, you know, you have some existing ones that are modernizing and you have many areas in the world that are also modernizing by installing this, uh, the multi-lane free flow. And, you know, it all boils down to people want to have uh, systems that have high accuracy and that are operating very well. And the solid state LiDAR technology really follows the, the right path with uh, that innovation to provide the high accuracy and uh, with very low maintenance. So that that's a big, you know, it all boils down to this. And, and as long as, you know, we can talk about all the different challenges of all the different technologies, <laughs> that that's it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us today here on LetterTech Lab and uh, sharing your expertise in this particular area with us and talking a little bit more about uh, the state of the, uh, the toll collection systems industry. Thank you very much, Tyler. Absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of LetterTech Lab. We appreciate it very much. Of course, we have previous episodes of the podcast, and of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes. So make sure you're subscribed there on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and stay tuned for those new episodes, which will be coming out soon. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for listening.